Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I I believe that God is here with us, standing in this auditorium. And if if you don't know God tonight, I I believe and I trust that he's going to show himself to you and you're going to leave this place different. Because I believe you're going to have an appointment with God. And maybe if you've been coming to this church for a little while and you're still unsure, tonight you're going to be sure that God has called you, God is with you, and he's enabled you to carry out everything you need to live this life well. You're going to have a certainty in your life. Well, my first question for tonight, are you part of this church? You're part of this church? It's a good statement. Is it not just that, sure, I attend this church, or are you actually part of this church? And my next question is, what is the church? We are the church. Awesome. Awesome. To know individually that we are the church. I'm going to read out a quick scripture tonight before we do anything else, because that's a good thing to do. In Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20, it says, And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And is Jesus asking you that tonight? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? We can come across with a, a verse that it, or a statement that everyone else says, but who do you personally, individually say that God is for your life? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I, tell you that, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you, you, you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you, you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. God, I pray that you reveal something to it out of that scripture to us personally. Something of that would speak to us, Lord God, out of your word, which is living and powerful. Well, I want to tell you a little story. You know, a few years ago, we we go as a family, we go just south of Byron Bay to Broken Head every single year. We've done it, well, not every single year, for four or five years now. But we did it, we had a gap, but before that we did it 10 years straight. It's our thing we do as a family and we get together and that's what, that's what we do. Well, about three or four years ago, we woke up to some hysterical screams in the camping ground. And uh, there was this, this woman that had, that had been, um, had too many drugs, obviously, and she was having a psychosis and she was running around crazily, shouting and screaming around the camping ground. And and I, I ran out and met this, the guy that ran the camping ground and asked him what was going on. He said he'd rung the police. And so I ran down to the bottom of the camping ground to stop this woman running out away so, she, so we could help her. And another person ran out the front, and I knew the law that you can't actually grab them and hold them because you can, you can be in trouble. So we held this woman there and, until the police arrived. Well, the police arrived on the scene, two police in a paddy wagon. And uh, this woman had obviously been on something heavy, ice or something, and I don't know if you know, if you've been involved with, with drug addicts before, when they've got that many drugs in their system, they are supermen or superwomen. They're powerful, they don't feel pain, they can jump walls, they can do crazy stuff. 
Well, these two policemen tried to catch this girl and they finally got her. They were two middle-aged gentlemen and uh, by the time one of them got to the back of the paddy wagon, he was blown out. He, he was gone for all, all the money and he was lying on the ground. He, he could hardly move because he was so worn out. And the other guy was standing there and, and, and we were all standing there and there was a crowd around the place by this time. And so I, I went to the police and I said, am I, am I allowed to help? And he said, yes, you are. So I, I jumped in and, and grabbed this girl. And me and this other policeman tried to get her in the paddy wagon and we were trying our best, but couldn't get her in there. And so this guy, he came up with a bright idea. He thought he'd spray her with some capsicum spray. Um, so he, he says, get out of the way and look the other direction when I spray her. So I'm going at this and she's looking, looking at me straight in the face and he sprays her in the eyes and all over her face. And it didn't even slow her down. One bit. The worst thing was it hit this girl and it came back and hit him in the face. So then I'm standing there, I'm holding this, this drug-induced woman, trying to get her in a paddy wagon. One policeman is on the ground because he's, he's blowing out and he's gone, and the other guy is on the ground because he can't see because he's got capsicum spray in his eyes. And so I got this girl, and the, the, the guy that runs in camping ground sort of had her around the legs a little bit, so I managed to get her on the ground, and I got both arms behind her back. And she was screaming and yelling uncontrollably, and, and I can remember I was, I was lying on top of her, holding her down, and I had the opportunity to pray for her. And... and it, and, you know, I, I sat on top of her for probably 10 minutes until, until the paramedics arrived, and I calmed her down, and, and I prayed that God had blessed her. I prayed that God had touched her. I prayed that God would do something supernatural in her life. And the paramedics came, and, and they put a straitjacket on her and, and gave her some drugs that calmed her down, and, and they took her off to hospital. Crazy story. And you might say, what's that got to do with the church? Well, we're the church. We're the called out ones. And even though I was with a simple thing of being in a camping ground and seeing someone that was in a drug-induced craziness, I was still the one that jumped out. I'm not saying anything on me, but I managed to be the church a little bit in that situation. I managed to be the one that actually sat this girl down and prayed for her in the situation and managed to calm her down because I don't know what would have happened because these policemen were at the wit's end. I don't know what she would have been. I don't know whether she would have ended up with broken bones or, or, or something bad happened to her because they were really, really angry, these guys. They'd had enough and they'd seen this multiple times before and they were ready to do something pretty bad. So we're the church. What does that mean? In the Bible, you've probably heard this many times before, we're the ecclesia, the called out ones. A group of people. And that group of people is, is from the Greek, it's called gahal. We're meant to meet together as a group of people, but individually we are the called out ones. And Pastor Byron's spoken on this many times, but I feel to speak on it again tonight, that you individually are the ecclesia. We get to come to this building. We get to sing these amazing songs and read his word together and to build each other up. But we are the ecclesia, the called out ones of God. In this place, or whether in Byron Bay or wherever we are, we are the called out ones. You know, it wasn't until 300 years after Jesus came onto the earth that someone first came up with the idea of calling the name church. That word church came out 300 years later, and the trouble is with this word church is it takes the emphasis off us, and we've given this word highway church, but can we imagine it's, it's highway ecclesia? Individually, we are each individually part of this church, and because we say that we're part of this church, it gives us the ability to come and sit in these seats, in this wall, and somehow it takes the emphasis off us that we are actually 
able to loose, to bind, to, to have supernatural things happen in this church. And we are actually part of this church. And we are actually the ones that should be getting involved and in, in having this church grow to better do the supernatural things in this church. But because we call it church, we can come in and we can sit in this building. But Jesus never said that at all. This physical being, being this building, it was never meant to be, be what, it, what it is. It was meant to be us, a body of believers living a life that Jesus wanted us to be, full of his Holy Spirit, carrying out exploits for him. God's house. The trouble is when you think of God's house and we read scripture, it says God's house has got to be full of his word. We think, okay, this word, we come and we hear the preaching. But what does that mean if we're God's house? We've got to be full of his word. That, that means the expectation is we can't look at the person beside us or the person in front of us, but it is our responsibility to be full of his word. What happens if we're the ecclesia and it says, my house is meant to be a house of prayer? Do you think he was speaking to us? And I know he was in the temple and I know he was about to cast out the people who are, who are selling things in the temple. But we are the temple of God. We are the ecclesia. Can you imagine what would happen if it says, this house, me, I am a house of prayer. And because I'm a house of prayer, that means I'm going to go out and I can pray for people and the supernatural of God can happen out of my life because I'm a house of prayer. Can we take our eyes just off this building and what we see in here and turn it back? No, we're going to look in ourselves. Can we focus on God? But imagine I'm in this relationship and that's why I said God is here right now because he wants to have a relationship with us where he's right beside us, standing with us. And when we pray, the ecclesia, the called out ones, where God is standing right beside us, are more than able to carry out what he wants us to do. Can we change our mindsets about who we are? You know, I spoke a couple of words last year down at Kilston, and one of it, we're full of it. Are you full of it? Are you full of it tonight? Can you remember that word when you go tonight and you're lying on your bed, can you ask yourself, am I full of it? Not in a negative connotation, but in a positive connotation. Are you full of his spirit? Are you full of his word? Are you full of prayer? Are you full of power? Are you full of authority? Are you full of it tonight? You know, in Byron Bay, I, I could have sat back and I, I could have sat in with the rest of the crowd and not taken the chance. You know, the other three people who got involved with that girl all got bitten, all got scratched. They all had to go to hospital and get tests to see if they had hepatitis or AIDS or HIV or whatever it was and they had to wait six months or before they got the full test back. I never got a scratch on me. Nothing ever happened to me. And, and, and you know, we, we need to take the chance to step out, to say I'm the ecclesia, the called out ones, to step out and make a difference in just that one person's life, just that one person's life because you know what, we can step in and unfortunately I haven't got really any points tonight. I'm breaking the rules and breaking the laws. I'm just going to get up and I'm going to say a few things tonight. Are we willing, first of all, before anything else, are we willing to stand before God and admit our brokenness? Because you can never build a new life on an old mindset. Are we willing to break, to admit our brokenness to God? Are we willing to come before Him tonight and say, God, I am just broken, but I need you? And allow him to put the pieces back together so he can build something strong in us. He can fill us with his power and authority. You know, you can step in, just like I stepped in down in Byron Bay. You can step into him because when you do, 
Matthew 16, 19 that I read out. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. And whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Have you ever thought about that before? Whatever I bind on earth, whatever I allow into my life, whatever I loose into my life is loosed in heaven. Good and bad. Whatever I bind on, on earth, good and bad, is loose in heaven. Are you willing to loose God, allow him to be loosed in your life? Are you going to stand up and say, I'm going to bind up everything that holds me back from knowing God better, and I'm going to allow God to loose everything he needs for me in my life? Bill Johnson, we all know him. He makes a statement. He says, faith does not deny a problem exists, but it denies its place of influence. If, you, if you're stand, sitting here today, tonight and I've said those things about problems in your life, can you say, yes, I've got a problem. Don't deny the problem exists, but it denied a place of influence in your life. Allow God to be the influence in your life. When you go to bed and the depression or the oppression comes, okay, I admit I, I'm feeling that way, but I'm going to make the choice to stand up and I'm going to look up to God. I'm going to make the choice to look towards God. I'm going to make the choice to look to God. I'm going to deny my oppression or depression a place of influence in my life, and I'm going to look towards God into my life. It's ultimately up to us to decide what is bound and what is loose in our lives. Last Sunday, I, I spoke down at Gilston on 2020 Vision, and it was about seeing clearly, and, and it was the story of Zacchaeus. And if you know the story about Zacchaeus, he was a thief, he was a tax collector, he was a hated man in Israel. And he was in the crowd. And because he was in the crowd, he couldn't see Jesus because he's a short man. And the only choice he had was to run ahead of the crowd, out of the pack, out of the people, to climb a tree so he could see Jesus. And my question is for you tonight, are you so hungry for God? Are you willing to run out of the pack, out of this crowd here, so you are actually the ecclesia, the called out one individually? to run ahead of the pack, to climb a tree, whatever that means be, so you can see Jesus. Because if we don't see Jesus, we're not going to have confidence. We're not going to have the things we need to step into this life holy and solely where he wants us to be. My question is, some of us are in the pack and we're willing to sit in the crowd tonight. Some of us want to run ahead and we're willing to run ahead, maybe to make ourselves a bit foolish, to run ahead because Zacchaeus, he was hated, and when he ran out of the pack, he put himself out in the open for everyone to ridicule him and to give him a hard time, but he was willing to run out of the pack because he wanted to see Jesus. He was willing to climb a tree where everyone could see him, and, and back in those days, they didn't wear pants, they wore dresses, let's call it dresses. Here is a small man climbing a dress up a tree. I don't know what the sight was like when you're underneath that tree, but he was willing to ridicule himself because he wanted to see Jesus. Some here in the crowd, some are running ahead and some are climbing. Some have seen him, but when you see him, when you see Jesus, there's a reflection goes out and he sees you. When you see Jesus, he sees you. And Zacchaeus, when he was up the tree and he was seen, Jesus saw him. And what did he do? He went to his house. He had this personal, intimate relationship with Zacchaeus. I don't know how long it was. It was an hour, a day, two days. I don't know what, how long it was for. But he had this interaction with Jesus. If we're going to be a group of people coming together where we're going to be strong in Jesus, the called out ones for God, 
can I encourage you, what do you have to run out of and run it into? What do you have to climb up? What obstacles are in your life you have to climb up so you can see Jesus because he sees us all the time. But somehow when we focus on him, the clarity of him comes back. It's like a mirror and we can see him better. And when we can see him, we become more like him. You know, that woman, if I hadn't have been there, she wasn't dressed very well to begin with, and a lot of her clothes were torn quite badly by the time I stepped in. And I don't know what, what shame would have been brought on her if I hadn't have stepped in. And there were all these young kids all standing around watching this happen, and, and I think, I can't just stand back because these young kids are watching this, this drug-induced woman and watching what go, was going on. And when I held her down, I was quieting her down, I was thinking, if nothing else, I save this woman from the shame and these kids from seeing things they never should have seen. Can we be those ones? Then stop these people being shamed. Stop the world being hurt. Stop them things being seen that shouldn't be seen. Because we are the ecclesia, the called out ones, the carriers of his gospel, the ones that are to go out and to win this world, not just in these four walls of the church, but we are the church. You know, I don't know how many times you've stepped out and you feel like you've blown it. I don't know how many times I've done it. A couple of times last year, I stood up and I, and I prophetically said a couple of things at, at, at Gilston. And quite often it happens and people will come out and say, yes, that was me, that was me, but twice it didn't happen. And I remember thinking, God, I missed it. I just missed it. I, I didn't hear properly. But you know, God is faithful. I'm walking around thinking I've missed it and I'm starting to feel, oh God, you know, there's nothing worse than self-condemnation. To be real, you know, some of you have never stood on this pulpit, but some of you might have never shared your gospel before. Let me tell you, the fear you feel sharing the gospel is the fear a lot of us feel standing on this pulpit we choose to jump in. And when things don't go right, you tend to internalize and you tend to say, God, I'm blowing it, I'm blowing it. But, you know, after the service, someone comes up to me and says, I'm sorry I didn't come forward, but that was me. The next time that I got it wrong, I get it, I get it till Claire gets a text the next day saying, you really spoke to me, that was me, and this, this, and this, and this. Can we trust in God that when we step out, God is going to meet us? God is going to use us. And don't let condemnation come upon our lives. If we get it wrong, it doesn't really matter. For 2020, we've heard this in all the podcasts and everything else, that 2020 is a new decade. 2020 vision where we see Jesus clearer. Can we stop waiting and start running? Can we stop sitting and start walking into where God wants us to be for 2020? While we're here now, I, I, I'm looking at the crowds of you, but how many were healed last year? Anybody here was healed? Look at the hands. Awesome. How many were blessed financially last year? I know I was. Yeah. How many found Jesus last year that were here? Yeah, I can see the hands. Look at that. Look at that. You know, when we look back, we look back and, and we, we think day to day that not much happens. But after a year, did you see all those hands that went up? After a year, we look back and you see the lives that have been impacted by this church, by the ecclesia, by this group of people that are here. What's it going to be like at the end of 2020 if we run into God? Can you imagine the hands that are going to be raised? The people that are going to be impacted here by you, because you're the church. 
by you. How many people are you going to leave the year 2020 and say, can you look at this person that was impacted because I did this? Not that I did this so much, but that God moved through me and he did this through me. What are the possibilities for this year? Can we stop waiting and start pressing in for what God wants us to be? You know, I read the Bible and, and there's so many crazy stories in the Bible. I know the one story, Elisha, he said to his servant, when, when they thought they were going to be overtaken, and he tells, opens up his spiritual eyes and he says, there's more for us than against us, because he sees in the heavenlies what's going on. I read stories about water being parted, about fire falling from heaven, walls falling down, water from rocks, donkeys speaking, prison doors being opened. We might not see those things happen. But the same God that did those things in the Old Testament is the same God that is happening today. And he's looking for faithful people who are willing to step in and to do something magnificent for him at this time, at this age. Matthew 10 verses 38 to 39 says, Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I'm not saying that to be condemning, but I want to concentrate on the next part. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Are you willing to lose something of yourself so you can take up more of him tonight? Are you willing to make him Lord? Because if he's Lord, he's Lord of all. For Romans 8, 38, 39, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. That's the steadfast insurance we have because I will give to you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can we stand up? Can we be the, the called out ones to be the ones that God wants for us? So can we trust him? First, and I'm not going to ask anyone to close their eyes or whatever. Tonight, does everybody know Jesus tonight before we do anything else? Does everyone know Jesus intimately? If you don't know God, and know Jesus, if you want to just raise your hand just now, if you don't know God, or if you want to know him better, you just raise your hand right now. Anybody here? Awesome. That's one. Anybody else? Come on. That's two. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Three. Great. I love the boldness. Keep them up raised, guys. Keep them high. Anybody else? Anybody else here tonight? Don't miss this opportunity. You know, I love it. I love the guys that you raised your hands without emotions. Just the fact that I want God. I want more of God. I want more of God. If I could find him again more, more and more in my life, I would raise my hand in every service. I'd raise my hand in every service. Can we all stand? And can we all say this prayer? Quite simply, this prayer to start off with. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me that your cross and the blood that you shed cries out for me. And I thank you, Lord, that you came and you did die for me. So tonight, I ask you into my life. I ask you to rule my life. I ask you to come in such a powerful way that I'll be changed from this moment on that God, I would be the ecclesia a called out one, full of your power and your authority from this moment on. So I make the choice to move out of my old life, 
and to step into the new life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, yep. Yep. Next question. I feel in my life that I've got a glass ceiling that I've put over my life. And I read these scriptures and I can see portions of that running in my life. But I know there's glass ceilings there that I have to smash. There's things that I hold on to that I shouldn't do. There's words that have been spoken on me that I shouldn't hold on to. There's things that have happened in my life that I'm trying to break free on from. And I know that every single person here is the same. Who wants their glass ceilings to be smashed a little bit more tonight? Does anyone want their glass ceilings smashed? So you can press into him a bit more. You can see his face a bit more closer. So you can feel his presence a bit more. Yep, I do. I do. I do. God, I pray for every hand that's raised. I ask right now, in this quiet moment, that you would breathe. God, we make this decision. As we've raised our hands, we've pushed through something. We've pushed through something. That God, we might be the ecclesia, Lord God. So we make decisions, Lord, and we give away the glass ceilings that are over our lives. Even now, I take authority over everything that has been put on us that should not have been put upon us. And in the Spirit, Lord, I break off everything that would hold us back in Jesus' name. And God, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come and fall upon people even now in their seats and where they're standing, Lord, I pray. That the hands would raise, Lord, would be antennas, Lord, for you. Lord God, that people who weren't assured of their faith, Lord, that they're saved, would be have an assurance upon their life. The people who are here tonight who are so hungry, will be filled, Lord, I pray. That God, no longer, no longer will we rely on a church with physical walls any longer. But Lord, we rely on you knowing that we are the ecclesia, the called out ones who don't have to rely on a church, that we are the ones, a group of people who are knitted knitted together by the blood of Jesus, who are standing strong as a family before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight. We are the ones and that is who we are. So God, Lord, let each and every one of us know we have a calling. Let each and every one of us know, Lord, that we're called for purpose, we're designed for purpose, we're planned for purpose. And each and every one of us are different, but each and every one of us are loved the same by you. So I pray for every hand again and every purpose, every person that your plans and purposes would now, Lord, be so available to us. That, God, you would do something special because hungry people are fed. I feel there's a lot of people need to get prayed for tonight. I feel there's a lot of things that need to be broken, a lot of things need to be loosed, and the Holy Spirit needs to come and do what He has to do tonight. But you know what? We've got some stuff to do. But I'm going to give you the invite to come and please those people that, that, that put their hands up tonight. Would you, would you come up and see me at the front? Would you come up and see me at the front when I hop down tonight? 
And if there's people after the notices and everything else we've done who want prayer tonight, we're going to be at the front. And we're going to be willing to pray for you. If anyone on the prayer team wants to be here, we'd love to pray for you tonight. I, I don't care if it's a, it's a fast song or a slow song. I've got, I know that my God is here and He's going to do something in your life tonight. He's going to do something supernatural in your life. Don't go away tonight with things that are holding on to you and there's supernatural things that need to be imparted upon your life. Do not walk away tonight without receiving everything God wants for you. So, Caleb, I've set you up a little bit. But can you do some anointed notices? Anointed notices, and can we still stand for the notices? But when the notices are finished, if you want prayer and whatever you feel to sing, you sing, Jaden. Can we cut loose a bit tonight and be free? If you have to go, you have to go. But if you want to stay, can we stay for a little while? See what happens here tonight. Let's go.